Welcome to KC Corner, episode 13. Lucky 13. Oh yeah, lucky 13. We made it to it, and I know uh, we've been kind of doing a little COVID-19 update each week, and it feels like it's a little different part of the pandemic, and maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel starting to come out. It does, and it'll be interesting to see what the new normal is on the other side of this, you know? But uh, Mm -hmm. it does somehow feel different. It feels like we're maybe uh, past the curve or whatever, so... uh, (laughs) It's all downhill that. on that on that curve. Ex- uh, exactly. On the sun. So I know we were talking yesterday how we think uh, the world could look different yeah. you know, as far as consumers or how we do things differently, if we'll even shake hands for the time being or maybe ever again. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It's interesting too, Brooks. We ought to think, how will the kingdom of God look different through this? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, how will we as Christians, how should we see the world differently? How should we respond differently to the world? Uh, I would hope there should be an urgency of, uh, you know, uh, what's next. And, and again, things like this have a way of shaping perspective in some ways, probably not healthy, but in ways like this, very healthy. You know, how do we apply, seek ye first the kingdom of God uh, mm-hmm. as we reemerge into the new normal? So, And that's a good segue into your new sermon series. You started this past week, Sheltering in His Presence. And I know you talked about how being protected against the invisible enemy and then also, you know, the, I forget the word you said, the, the enemy at hand. Yeah, what the, the enemy you can see, the enemy you can't see, yeah. I think that was part of it. But, you know, it's it's a great psalm. Well, let's go back and say, yeah, shelter in his presence. We're going to spend the next six weeks looking at some psalms and, and really digging deep into those psalms to find hope, especially mm-hmm. hope in a time like this. And Again, all throughout history, you're always going to have time. Every day of your life, you got to live with hope and you got to live with the reality that God is good and God is in control and he's on the throne. But what a great way to jump in was to jump in with Psalm 91 because it's going to say, hey, find your hope sheltering in God's presence, dwelling in God's presence. And he promises that he is the one who's going to protect us from, you know, the enemies that maybe we could see the arrows that fly by day. Mm but also the pestilence that stalks by night. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, pestilence, you know, and clearly that's what's kind of a pandemic. And Mm -hmm. probably uh, the psalmist was uh, maybe a priest that was writing to the Israelites in war. And when uh, a pestilence or when a pandemic came into or a disease came into the camp, I mean, it could wipe the camp out. So Mm -hmm. they had a fear of not only, okay, physically there's an army out there we got to be aware of, but... We got to make sure that we're a healthy group, and so and what God provide promises to hey protect them. Both there's such great a strength. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, not only protect you, but uh, you know uh, I'll have be strong, but I also cover you. I'll mm-hmm. also cover you with my pinions, with my feathers. And so there's we, our God is amazing. He's both a warrior who's a strong, you know, ever present help, but he's also tender and caring and. Man, it's a great combination for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of what I meant to say last week as we kind of jump into that, uh, looking back is, and again, Psalm 91 is so beautiful. It's, it's I, I hope I was able to, to say it in a way that was true. But to me, what I want to come back and say um, is you got to make this personal. You know, it's, it's so cool to see that as a psalmist starts off in verse one, he's going to tell us, it's, it kind of sounds as, Beautiful poetic sound of Psalm 1 of he who dwells, or I should say verse 1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
Um, and it just, what, what a beautiful poetic uh, way of saying, man, find your hope and sheltering in God's presence. But then he turns it very quickly in, in verse two, and he says, I will say to the Lord, he makes it personal. You know, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And I think that's, that's the key to understanding scripture. This key, key to understanding Christianity in so many ways is making it personally true. Mm -hmm. It's not just a religion that we do. It's not just a church that we attend. This is a God that we know and love and worship. And so it's, it has that power when it becomes personal and, mm -hmm. it, you know, and it becomes personal by God's grace that he gives us the light to see the truth that we need him and that we embrace him. And so, and again, a, a feature of this Psalm 91 that I hope to make clear was the, the use of the word you, when it talks about you, um, it's in the singular. And that's a kind of an unusual thing for scripture. Most yous that are translated, yous, those of you in New Jersey, a little shout out, yous, <laughs> um, is typically it's plural. You know, God's mm -hmm. talking to his people. Mm -hmm. And uh, and oftentimes we look at those yous and because we're kind of Americans, we always think it's all about us. Uh, we think in the singular. And again, mm -hmm. and not that that's bad, Brooks, but I feel like the psalmist here really wanted us to make sure that these promises are for us personally but it's only for those personally involved in a relationship with god so mm -hmm. really what i meant to say is hey this great security system that god pr uh, promises um this great protection that god promises he pr he doesn't pro uh, provide that or promise that for everybody in the whole world it's mm -hmm. for his people and are we making that uh, personal. Yeah, and I like the point that you brought up of you will not fear um, what you can see and what you can't see talking about COVID-19 and really, I mean, the tangible fears of losing your job. How is it, how's it going to affect your livelihood? Um, you know, that's very real, but hoping for a better future and a perfect world, um, you know, that, that's what we do as Christians and what we hope for, for sure. sure. You know, and our hope is always going to be a delayed hope in a sense, especially you use that phrase in a perfect world. It's not mm -hmm. coming. Mm -hmm. It's not going to come on this side of glory. You know, mm -hmm. scripture is going to talk about a new heaven and new earth. And I, I, the older I get and the more time I spend in God's word, I, I do think that the end of the story that the new heaven and new earth might look more similar to what we have now. I don't mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, but I know there'll be no COVID-19. I know there'll be no more cancer, divorce. Uh, there'll be no more abuse. There'll be no more the brokenness in the world. God shalom, his peace will reign mm -hmm. over all things. And oh, long for that. And I think some of our disappointment is we do think that we're going to be able to turn the corner and get to that that ultimate hope, that utopia here, it just is not going to happen. I mm -hmm. mean, Christ came to make all things new and he is doing that. But until he returns, um, we're going to have some, some difficult things. Interestingly, Brooks, that I got a text this morning from somebody in our church uh, that was reading Luke 21 and just looking at okay, some end time things and what's going to happen. And even they had they had the news on talking about there might be a, a, a famine of, of like biblical proportions on mm -hmm. its way because of this. And yeah. hey, are we in the end times? <laughs> and end times in the scripture begin when Jesus first came. Yeah, we're in the end times. Mm -hmm. But can we look at COVID-19? Can we look at what's happening right now and say, this is the end last chapter? No, I don't think we can. Mm -hmm. I think that... Throughout Christ, between Christ's ascension and his coming back, 
those are end times. Mm -hmm. And I think in, during that time, the church um, at each moment had famine and wars and uh, rumors of wars and things are going through. So I don't, I don't know that our story is a whole lot different uh, mm -hmm. than it was. It looks different and technology is different and all those things. But um, what I know is that Christ is ruling and reigning and, and uh, he is coming back. So I don't know how I got from your question to where we are there, Brooks, but uh, we did. Uh, and I hope that that's helpful for somebody out there in KC Cornerland. Yep, and I know in, when you're talking about new creation and the day that we're recording this, I believe it's Earth Day, and thinking like how awesome Earth is and nature and everything, and yeah. me as an, kind of an outdoorsman, uh, how awesome it is, and the new creation just being exponentially, unimaginably better. It's yeah. Like a, cra a crazy thought. And what a great day to have Earth Day, you know, mm -hmm. but I think in sadly... Um, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says the God of this eyes, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of unbelievers that they can't see the truth. And so, and even Romans 1 will say that man exchanged God's glory for what was offered in creation. And when you can't sing the praises of the one who created heaven and earth, you know, Earth Day becomes all about Mother Earth mm -hmm. or, or worshiping the yeah, earth. And, yeah. you know, we miss, that's robbing God of his glory. I mean, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's something that you know uh, uh earth is something that's created and we shouldn't worship anything that's created we should always worship the creator mm -hmm. but as believers we should celebrate earth day in a way that says god you know kind of like psalm 8 when i see the the stars the moon and all of creation who are we that you're you're mindful of us i mean you are majestic you know how majestic is your name in all the earth is what Psalm 8 will say. And that's where we should be on Earth Day and every other day. Yep, perfect. And so looking ahead to next week for part two of the Shelter and His Presence sermon series. Yeah, you know, and we're going to look at uh, Psalm 27. Psalm 27 was a real important part of my life in the last couple of years. I mean, it, it just is going to ask the question and remind us that God is, uh, is our life, our stronghold. Who should we be afraid of? Mm -hmm. Basically, if God is for us, what are we afraid of? I mean, mm -hmm. and, you know, he is our light. He is our stronghold. He is our salvation personally. And so I think that what I hope to say coming up is, hey, let us look at this psalm and let us move from fear to focus. Mm -hmm. I think from fear to focus, um, and what I hope to focus is on, hope what I hope to focus on. There we go. Is there you go, yeah. <laughs> I hope it's a little clearer. Um, focus on, obviously, God and his beauty. Um you know, it's it's interesting. One of the things that uh, the psalmist David is going to say is, um, you know, who do I have to fear if God is for me? But then he says what he desires most. He says, what I want for most is to dwell in the house of the Lord. What I want most is to focus on his beauty. It's a little bit weird to mm -hmm. think, okay, of all the things I could pick, I just want to be in God's presence and I want to focus on God's beauty. And I, I hope to unpack that. Because all the beauty, let's go back to Earth Day, all the beauty that we receive, that's all creative beauty. Mm -hmm. But when we look to God, that's the source of beauty. Mm -hmm. And that's the source of wonder. And so let's focus there. Um, and I know that in my own sinful life, I'm so often willing to, to just partake of creative beauty. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, even the things that he says aren't beautiful, we say, oh, that's beautiful. And because we're <laughs> such broken uh, creatures that long for... Uh, the brokenness to be filled by this world. But when we have our our hearts and our, our eyes rightly tuned to who God is, and we find that ultimate beauty, you see, 
um, everything that we see as beautiful is only a reflection of his beauty. And so um, my iPad is saying that I must have said, <laughs> hey, Siri, and some of that. Something, but, Somewhere um, in there you said, yeah. hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> we could play it back backwards. And there's a hidden message here. So, but does that make sense, Brooks? It makes perfect sense. So perfect sense. Uh, let's hopefully I could make it make it perfect sense this Sunday. That'd be awesome. So, so jumping in, I know last week we want you wanted to talk about a few new books that have hit your shelves, but we ran out of time, so we figured we'd save it for this week. And right. I see one pretty thick book there sitting oh, next yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, I am a deep down nerd, and I love this stuff. I really love church history. I love biographies, and one of the books I recently picked up was called Meet the Puritans. Uh, Joel Beek and uh, Randall uh, Peterson have written this. And it's kind of perfect for me because it looks big. It looks like you thought this was impressive. But really, it's it's biographies and, and little short mm-hmm. quibs, you know, little, little like here. Let me give this to you. Um, the Puritans, I won't spend a ton of time on this. But again, the Puritans often get a really bad rap. And, and some of it might, might be a, a, a tad justifiable. But really, they out of persecution, out of, of uh, political persecution emerged and wanted to keep the church pure. But what I love about them is they had a passion to give their life away to Christ. And one of the stories I read, it talked about, uh, you know, a guy who is a pastor who says, I, I don't want to be able to wake up and hear my neighbor who's a blacksmith at work before I'm at work serving my master. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's banging on the anvil at four in the morning, <laughs> I want to be up with the Lord. Now that's, that, you know, that can be a little legalistic and uh, <laughs> I can never live up to that. But they had an urgency to say that our goal is to glorify God and love our neighbor. Let me put it in our language. And our goal is to give our life away. Um, and because of probably some persecution, they did it with a lot of zeal. Um, oftentimes when the church isn't persecuted, we get a little bit fat and slow and, you know, <laughs> lethargic. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes um, when the church is persecuted or going through hard times is when she thrives mm-hmm. and uh, she seems to get in better shape, so to speak. Yeah. And in uh, the Puritans, they just give me a taste because they what they really loved is they loved God's word. They felt it was true. They felt like... Uh, good theology had to be applied to all of life and uh, and it needed to be lived out. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of long sometimes to go back to that. And it might be an era that I'd love to go and try to figure out, you know, how they lived mm-hmm. at, at, at that time. So I'm reading through Meet the Puritans. And I actually saw this when I went to visit my mother-in-law. She had this book and I and, and maybe somewhere in the stacks of books, I might have even had it at one time. <laughs> but uh, um, really en- in in, enjoying that. And and another little quick devotional or book I was going to lead us to, I, I, I know I've mentioned it in a previous episode. I'm really digging this Jerry Bridges, um, Jerry Bridges Holiness Day by Day. And when I was reading last week, I mentioned a little bit of this in my sermon. Actually, I didn't mention my sermon. I mentioned it during the Confession of Sin. Um, but it's just, he reminds me that God is so eager to cast away our sins. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, and because of that reality, um, he is so eager to p- apply that sacrifice to us. And he's not, our God is not what Bridges would say, a reluctant forgiver, but a joyous one. And, I, and I, it's something I want to just take our listeners of KC Corner back to, because I am 
I am such an eager at times sinner, it seems like. You know, it just it's like, uh, man, am I prone to wander and stumble, and I know what's better, and I still head in the wrong direction oftentimes, and the flesh is still so eager to, to stumble and fall and to head in the wrong direction, and I try to quench my thirst and things that aren't of God, and um, it's just it's just so worldly. And, you know, you think of how many times can I go back and ask God's forgiveness and I, I often think, is God disappointed in me? I mean, is God live his life with, with his head down, shaking his head, thinking, oh my goodness, that Jeff Jake's knucklehead, will he ever get it right? And you realize we're not going to ever get it right till we see him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he's not, he's not frustrated to forgive us. And I probably need to hear that, you mm-hmm. know, he's eager to forgive us. Yeah. And, um, it's just a great reminder of God's grace. Yeah, when I hear that, I think of my grandpa eager to forgive when I was a kid playing baseball. I remember giving up my first home run, and you know me. And when I'm competing, and we played golf yesterday, I'm stay locked in and don't talk a bunch. So after I gave up my first home run, I was pretty upset. And he's just like, "Man, do you see how far that went?" And he, <laughs> and he said, "Like that won't as long as you play baseball or do life or anything, you're gonna give up home runs and mess up and screw up and." It wasn't like he was mad because I did poorly or anything like that. It was a good reminder of forgiveness. Man, <laughs> your grandpa, man, he's a rock star. What what a great Christ-like response. And, you know, what a way to kind of reflect how our God is. So, mm-hmm. uh, which which is that's that's pretty darn cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brooksy, before we uh, you know wrap this up, you know, we started by saying that. This is episode 13, and we kind of joked that, yeah, gosh, I hope there's not bad luck. Now, <laughs> let me, a couple of things I want to say about that before we uh, go off air here. So I hope anybody who listened didn't tune us off early because, like, I don't believe in bad luck. <laughs> um, you know, I believe in the sovereignty of God, and I don't believe in bad luck, like black cats or weird numbers. No karma here. No karma. Listen, I was born on the 13th, and I got married on the 13th, so that better be a darn good number, right? You know, so... Uh, um, but that, that's kind of the, the, we joke about that and just, uh, but the reality is, is that we believe, I believe scripture clearly teaches of a God who is in control of all things. And we don't have to fear things like even, you know, numbers. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because there's a lot of buildings that don't have a 13th floor Yeah, and uh, they, they have crazy. a 13th floor, but they don't let you know, you know, that you're on 13th floor because, it's bad luck. Yeah. And uh, hey, if that's who you are, let's get good theology into that because your God doesn't want you to live in fear of a black cat or walking under a ladder or, or you know, or, <laughs> you know, the different things or even the number 13 that he is in control of all things. He is good and he does good. So I don't know how that wraps up. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I think that's a good spot. All right, no luck, good. no bad luck, no good luck. Yeah, he's a Christ. God who is sovereign in a world that is broken and a God who is making all things new. Man, there's a good end. Boom, there. cut. <laughs> See you guys this week. Remember, folks, there's always room in the corner for you. We haven't said that in a while. I haven't, it's been a while. All right, blessings, y'all. <laughs>